This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo. Dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. So what the hell is an uh, an impeachment rally, Sean? I don't even know what that is. Well, apparently these were going on, uh, uh, you'll hear in the piece, there were 60-something of them going on that day in just various cities of people, you know, getting together. Impeach this guy. Vote, uh, repeal, and replace Trump. You know, all sorts of clever signs like that. (laughs) That's a good one, actually. Um, If I'm I'm of that bent, that's a clever one. It's It's a fundraising grab. But anyway. Oh, it is? By the people running it, yeah. Yeah, mm. in my opinion. And I mean, George Soros. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure there are plenty of people who are sincere about it. 
But, you know, there's so much that goes on politically now that's just getting people whipped up to get well, money from it. It would appear that a lot of Republicans were having repeal and replace rallies as fundraising grabs with no intention of, of ever actually repealing or replacing. Or without asking each other, hey, once we repeal this, what do you want to replace it with? <laughs> Maybe that should have come up once or twice. But anyway. So this is Samantha B. Uh, this of- is her. Court- She's a liberal. <laughs> well, okay. Thank you. <laughs> She uh, she she is hosting her own show now. She has her own team of correspondents. A she liberal sent out, team on a liberal show. She sent out a team of correspondent or two correspondents to go kind of cover this, all out what she used to do for The Daily Show. Awesome. Let's hear a little of it. The one good result of the Donald Trump presidency is people are engaged in their democracy like we haven't seen for decades. What are we doing today? We are here for a rally for the impeachment of Trump. You're here for a rally to impeach Donald Trump. When never do you think that's never going to happen? Never. It's taking way too long. I think it will happen. That's why I'm not. I'm not sweating any. <laughs> Did you hear the question? When, when never <laughs> will this never happen? Never. <laughs> I like that. That's got a very Daily Show flavor. They're talking back to people. Before it sucked. Yeah, back before it sucked. They're talking to people that agree with their point of view, but they still are willing to point out that you're a crazy person. I mean, you're 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 wasting your time. You're here for a rally to impeach Donald Trump. When never do you think that's never going to happen? Never. <laughs> It's taking way too long. I think it will happen. That's why I'm not. I'm not sweating anything. How long do you think it'll take to impeach the president? A lot of the grown-ups we talked to said tomorrow. Does that sound reasonable to you? No. She's a young girl, probably about eight or ten or something. I'm bad at picking out ages, but she's featured again later in a pretty funny in a pretty funny part. Is there anything more heartwarming than the cold political pragmatism of a child? Only the frantic vagueness of grown-ups. What was the day that you decided that Trump should be impeached? Uh, Day one. I think the man is disgusting. So it's not so much that you wish for impeachment as it is that you wish for a different outcome to the election. Yeah. When you say that Mexicans are rapists and whatnot, I mean, it was a disaster from day one. You do realize that being a dick is not an impeachable offense. Well, it should be. And despite Trump's crimes not really being proofy enough, the marchers persisted. We have about 45 marches across the country today. And like Ashley, these marchers had other hopes and dreams besides making Mike Pence president. Healthcare, immigration, and women's rights. Fighting for immigration rights, fighting for health care. Health care. Health care. Health care. Impeaching the entire capitalist system. <laughs> What's your timeline for ending capitalism? Oh, it's happening right now. You didn't hear? Do you think I would be out here in this heat talking to white people for money if money was about to stop being a thing? We did our best to channel their fervor for change into a more practical march. Pay attention to small things in midterm elections. They're really important. We even tried to divert the herd to their local politician's office. But to be honest, it was very hard not to be sucked into the reverie. Is this the first protest you've been to that has a DJ? Yeah. Maybe the allure of an impossible dream was much easier to get behind than the reality of fighting for incremental change. It's a long way off from election day, so I have to do something. I can't sit home and and play ignorant and not use my voice to at least be with fellow thinkers. At least they could all agree with the Benjamin Button version of Ashley Nicole Black. Our family doesn't like the president, so we just, we just don't like it, so we just get mad and turn down the TV. Do you know who Tucker Carlson is? Because he's going to love this interview. No, I do not know him. 
we hope you never do. <laughs> you know, that that is good, and it reminds me of why The Daily Show was good back in the day and not anymore. But uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good stuff in there that works for both sides. You got a bunch of people here. You realize you'd be much better off contacting your local uh, politician's office and, and working for some specific goal rather than just getting together to have a party and shouting nonsense that will never happen. Yeah, the whole impeachment march thing. You're 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 pleasuring yourselves. I mean, that's all you're doing. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. Or saying to someone, so basically you just wish the election had turned out differently. Yeah. He should be <laughs> impeached for being, and I quote, a dick. Yeah. And Sorry, why'd you start that fire? Because I felt like it am because I'm just uh saying screw our president. Wasn't that, didn't that turn out to be Drew Carey's kid? It did, yes. And also the throwing in there, so what else do you want to do to try to get Mike Pence to be president? Which is, you know, thinking through the whole impeaching Donald Trump, you realize somebody that you disagree with more often policy-wise would be president. Yeah. Democracy is doomed. It was doomed from the beginning. It is a terrible idea that's better than every other idea. You know, it's been said in many ways, many times. Uh, was it Churchill? Somebody said, anybody believes in democracy ought to spend five minutes with the average voter. But there is no better system. No. No. You know, I was thinking about this because uh, we're both, uh, well, everybody's cynical about politicians. And if you're not, you're a fool. But you've said a hundred times, you know, you could never be a politician. They're disingenuous. You know, you couldn't stand it for a minute. I think you have to be disingenuous. <clears throat> That's why I couldn't be a politician. Well, it's funny, though. I was thinking about this for some reason. I can picture exactly where I was on my commute when I started thinking about this. And I can't even remember what sparked it. But, you know, I always liked playing hockey. I loved playing hockey. I lived to play hockey when I was a, a youth. Um <clears throat> And soccer on ice, right? Oh, my God. It's 50 times more exciting than that stupid, stupid running around on the grass game. 50 times more exciting than soccer. Now you're up to Monopoly level. (laughs) Jack, it's golf on ice. Oh, now i got to fight you. Anyway. They only um, play three quarters, which doesn't add up. I don't get how that works. They're not quarters. They're unfortunately named periods. Lady time. No, no. So, anyway, uh, I, I love playing hockey. But I have no desire, then nor now, to knock people down roughly. That's it, good for all of us. It's, <laughs> to, to shoulder them, perhaps when they're not expecting it, so hard that they fall to the ground. I've never taken any delight in that, but I love that part of hockey. Politicians understand they're playing a sport where the only way you're going to be successful is by not knocking people to the ground, but by making grandiose claims to get the sheep to the polls, get them to vote your way. Then you can say, phew, all right, now I can get down to the real business of it and do it. Now, unfortunately, that phew is frequently followed with now I can begin lining my own pockets and ripping off the damn fools who elected me. But. They're comfortable with the fact that this is the only way to do it. It's like uh, Charles Krauthammer. We've talked about He was describing it, uh, saying politics is what you do to get power so that you can do what you really want to do. And I just think they're comfortable with that. You Well, I but I could never get comfortable. You have to be, uh, and they're probably right, but I could never get comfortable with the elitist, cynical attitude you have to have. To look somebody in the, in the eye and say you're going to repeal Obamacare when you know that ain't going to happen. Well, because you you realize that will help get you elected, which oh, will help you it, further things that they probably will like. It's not going to happen because it because Obama would have would have vetoed it. 
in the time. I'm not sure which aspect of, of that. Well, you're maybe that's about. a bad example to use. Whatever it is you're saying. Yeah, we're going to impeach Donald Trump. Oh, right. Sure. You no, know yeah. you're not. You're going to make no efforts to do that. You're not going to spend one second doing that. But you're saying it to this nice person, looking him in the eye, because that will help them vote for you so you can get things done. But you right. have to look somebody in the eye and lie to them. And I wouldn't enjoy doing that over and over and over again, millions of times, like you have to do when you're a politician. And I, I do really like the the kind of focus of that piece was there are things that the average person can do that make a difference in, in your communities and your day-to-day lives. Focus on the local local uh, elections. You know, the, the smaller things don't always get caught up in, in who the president is. Well, that's absolutely true. And, and so much of these things, I see people who are just mistaking activity for achievement. Oh, they, they, they think they're that's just the, out there just doing things. And I, oh, Thank God national, for that. That's, that's what I say. Thank God, Keep engaging in meaningless activity. That's the national pastime now. Now, listen, yeah. I, I don't actually believe this, but I'm going to do a devil's advocate prosecution of, of what you just said, Jack. Here it is. Okay. You're not... What, what you're claiming to be honesty, I don't want to lie to people, is not having the stuff to deal with the ugly reality that the only way I can get good done is to do this. This is the only way good gets done. It's a little ugly, and it's unfortunate, but given the realities of democracy, it's the only way. I, for instance, uh, get the civil forfeiture thing rolled back. I get more freedom, more liberty, etc., etc. It's like, I don't want to kill people to, like, get England off our back. I don't want to shoot guys in the belly who are just making money as a soldier for England. They probably got drafted. I find that abhorrent, but it's the only way to do it. So uh, at the same time, like I say, I don't I don't believe this in my heart because I get what you're saying. To lie to people over and over again, I don't think it's good for your soul. you got to stand in front of people and get thousands of people to chant something that you know is never going to happen. Maybe you just like chanting. <laughs> you just like hearing a good, solid chant. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It, it, that's why that's why so many people lose their souls in politics, because once you set yourself that morally adrift and it's a lot of it's probably necessary, especially now where it's almost impossible to get people's attention. Back in the day, Lincoln and Douglas, they would jaw at each other for six hours, six hours, and people would sit there in the sun and listen to it. And did anybody start the chant, lock him up? Probably, yeah, multiple times. People shouted stuff from the crowd, and they'd jaw back and forth, and you'd you'd pause and have yourself a little chicken and then a square dance. Then you'd get back to the jawing. But now, especially when it's impossible to get people's attention, how are you going to achieve anything worth achieving without engaging in quote-unquote politics? I don't know. At the same time, there's an incredibly high casualty rate of people losing their souls who do that. I can see first-time politicians such as the Donald promising the moon and then getting to office and being like, what the hell's going on here? I can't do anything. But people That's like well Nancy, said, Vince. People like Nancy Pelosi who do all the time for 80 years or however old she is. You, ha- you would have to. It would be a definition of the job that you have to become very cynical and, and decide that <clears throat> there are millions of people that have no freaking idea what they're talking about that I have to pander to. To keep on my side. Is that cynical or is it just realistic? Well, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Take a smarter man than me to figure out. There, there's there's got to be there's got to be cynical on some level to stand in front of a crowd of people and not tell them the truth. Right. Right. Well, that's that's uh, we're, we're both right. 
it's realistic and necessary, and your soul dies from it. But but if you if you stand on the stage in front of that big impeachment crowd and say, look, there, there's been nothing yet. There might be in the future, but so far there's nothing even close to what would be considered an impeachable offense. You cannot like the policies, but right. there's so we're not going to impeach on Trump. The person running against you who says, impeach Trump, impeach Trump, and gets the crowd going, will beat you, and then you'll be By home. By 30 points. And then you'll be at home. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. And you, and had, yes. you as, had noble goals of plenty, and they're all for naught. And the same as the Republican who stands on stage and says, um, I only vote for these repeal Obamacare things because I know Barack Obama can't sign it, won't sign it. I wouldn't vote for it if we had a Republican president because repealing Obamacare all of a sudden, all at once, would destroy our medical system. And open a can of worms that it might sink our party. So I'm not going to do that. Well, your opponent who says, I'm going to repeal it on day one is going to beat you by 30 points. (laughs) And then you'll be out of office. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting situation. It's politics. Wow. I'd like to think I could get up on a stage and rally the people and tell them the truth and get elected. Of course, I'm an egomaniac, and I'm not going to do it. You'd ha- you could do it if you didn't have an opponent who's going to lie to him and get all the attention. <sighs> Donald Trump, and this is I've said this many times during the primary, was almost a great thing. And he may turn out to be a great thing for America. I think he's too much of what they accused him of at that rally. Um... <laughs> To actually be successful. I think if he's more savvy, more smart, more wise, and a little more moral, he could do enormous good for the country. I don't know. Played Monopoly with the kids the other day. I should uh, talk about that. Please don't. They've changed the game. (laughs) Oh, really? They got a kid version? Okay, now. The original version is like a punishment. It really is. <laughs> Stay tuned. we got more coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, I'm your host, Jimmy Fallon. Just a heads up before we start. If any of you call an Uber anytime soon, you might want to make sure it's not a white Ford Bronco. I'm just saying that just make sure. Because be careful. Might be a lift. That's right. Uh, O.J. Simpson was officially granted parole today and could be out of jail by October. When asked what he plans to do first, he said, well, catch up on all those shows about O.J. I heard they're great. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson's fantastic. A lot of people didn't know how to feel about the news. On one hand, O.J. is a convicted felon. But on the other hand, he managed to keep Trump off TV for a whole afternoon. So it's... True that. Huh. I was watching coverage yesterday. Your cable news channels gave a full, like, two hours uninterrupted, without even commercial breaks, to O.J. Simpson in the midst of Trump fever and wow. everything else that's going on. Wow. So that's, that's, that's not, there aren't many issues that could do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did play Monopoly with the kids the other day. Issues. There's, there's a new <laughs> junior version of Monopoly out. If you've discarded Monopoly like I had, it's something that I'd rather not allow in my home. Well, if you're institutionalized and it's raining outside and the TV's broken, you might consider playing Monopoly. If I'm in prison and it's raining outside and the TV's broken 
I'm still not playing Monopoly. <laughs> there, I'd have to go Sounds through. Sounds like a couple bad Monopoly players over there. Maybe day seven. Right. Of all the other you things. You might be driven to it. I'm out of books, magazines. I'm tired of my own thoughts. Yeah, what the hell? Let's play an hour later. Oh, God. I remember now. What have I done? Put me to death. Is old Sparky still plugged in? I don't know if I'm a bad Monopoly player. I've never, I've never won nor lost. <laughs> <laughs> I've never finished a game. But the new version goes by a lot faster. And uh, yeah, that we had the kids Monopoly. We, yeah. we played that with them a little bit. Sorry. Right. They eliminated the wheelbarrow and the iron. Now do, they have a. Do they have the Schnauzer still? Got a race, a race car, a dog. I don't remember that they eliminated the thimble. Neither of my children have ever seen a thimble. Right. <laughs> what pieces did they select uh, as their avatars? Uh, one of them wanted to be the race car, and the other one wanted to be a missing one. But uh, something else cool. The top hat? Something cooler than a thimble. The hashtag? The top hat? <laughs> the hashtag, yes. The hashtag is one of them. So you're going to like this. Crack pipe. That's what they ought to have. Hip that game up. Some PhD student decided to look into this. It's the sort of thing that somebody else should have looked into a while back. This should be common knowledge. This year, half of all high school students had an A average or, or better. Wow. Half of all high school students in America had an A, a average or better. average? Yeah, A minus, A or A plus. Oh, I see. Wow. Um... That obviously, wow. if you're over a certain age, wasn't the case when you were in high school. No, indeed. A was a select few. Right. The average A's? Yeah. yeah. No, not that many people. I got. Wow. I, I was a pretty good student, but I didn't average A's by any means. Yeah. And um, uh, and and when I got an A, I you know I was pretty happy with it. An but, A was an achievement. Oh heck yeah! Well, if Half the kids now. You got to think about I think about your high school class. I don't know what everybody else's high school class was. There are a lot of idiots in there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well said and frank. So those people aren't even close to in the A group. And so half the class gets an A. And so they go through the how it's uh, grown over time. I remember when a solid B was a thing of, of beauty. Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, in a tough class, good strong B. So the interesting thing is that over the last however many years, why the number of A's being handed out has grown, and now half of all co- high school kids graduate with an A average. SAT scores have slipped a little. Not a lot, but a little. But they certainly haven't gone up. Um, and that test hasn't changed, more or less. So It, it uh, has, actually. People are screaming at their radio. It has. They made some some significant changes in it. But I haven't heard about. They're claiming they haven't a... made it easier. Oh, that I agree with. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They happen to really reformat it. So. Okay, but anyway. they haven't made it easier, right. according to these people. There's no SAT inflation going on. Yeah. So yeah. it's if anything, it's slipped. Yeah. While uh, grades have soared. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And according to every single college teacher, uh, the kids are getting to school. Completely unprepared for college-level material. A lot of them. Most of them. Well, I don't know if maybe the colleges haven't caught on to it yet, or maybe they have. I don't know. But, yeah, if I'm uh, if I'm an older professor at a college and I got a student coming in who had an A average in high school, I have in my mind what kind of person they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be inaccurate. Yeah. Given the fact that half of all high school kids have an A average. Yeah. That's, that's wild. You know, and I don't, my nieces seem super smart, but all three of them have A averages. 
And I've thought, wow, that's that's really impressive. They mm-hmm. they must really be smart, and they seem smart. Yeah, I'll bet they are. But if half of all high school kids get an A average, and it kind of takes the fun out of it to a certain extent, it's difficult to know yeah. what that means. Yeah. Well, I get the grade inflation in high school, in college rather, especially private schools. Mom and dad are writing some big old check to send you to private school. <laughs> Give my kid a decent grade, would you? I don't want to hear about we're kicking her out for lack of effort or kicking him out. I'll keep writing checks. You give him a degree, all right? Um, but in high school, I don't get it. What are you responding to? I don't the know. parents, are the parents, you know what? It is perfect. Love to hear from teachers. You can email us, armstrongandgetty at yahoo.com. Armstrong, spell it out, armstrongandgetty at yahoo.com. Or you can text us. Here's the number. Jot it down. Would you punch it into your phone? 415-295-KFTC. Have parents just gotten so bitchy that administrators and teachers have responded to the pressure and they're just they're, they're give, give them a B, just give them a B. I just I don't need the headache. I want to know. I want to know if my kids in the top, you know, in that top level or just you know a pretty smart or average. I would rather know than have yeah give half the class A's. Well, you'd hate to be a numbskull and get straight A's and start thinking you're a rock star. Right. I'm going to get a Ph.D. in astrophysics, and turns out you can't find your astrophysics with both hands. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Um, yeah, mm, troubling. It is. 415-295-KFTC. I wonder why everybody I knew had kids who were A students. I guess that explains it. Half My kid's the, the exception. Very smart. Half the Very students. Very smart. Half the students in America are A students. That'd God, be part of it. That's absurd. It is absurd. Well, has it become pass fail? And if you're passing, less, you get an A or a B. Sounds like it. Yeah, I don't know. Sounds like that. That's not good for anybody. It's not doing anybody any good, is it? N- no. No, it's of no use. Well, it's got to be connected with the whole self... Uh, I can never think of this term, the whole uh, self-image thing. That's not the term, though. You're... Uh, what was that? Somebody Self-esteem? Self-esteem, yeah. yeah the the, the cr- insane, stupid, stupid self-esteem thing. The everybody gets a trophy trend. Well, this helps... It's got to be tied into that. This helps the teachers, right? Because they're judged on how many students pass or whatever? Well, Is usually there... standardized test scores. Interesting. And that wouldn't okay. help with them. Huh. Yeah, so it's got to be more about the uh, the the individual, the parents and the and the kids or whatever. Mike, my, my son, my son is a straight A student. Yeah, well, so's half the class, so that means nothing. Well, you know what? It's all there's so many things that are multiple things. It occurs to me. We also have the trend of everybody's got to go to college. You've got to go to college, and so everybody is going to college. So it's incredibly hard to get into colleges. I know valedictorians of their class that couldn't get into. Prominent state universities. Top of the class. There's no room for them at the state U, which is absurd. So they're that crowded. You've got billions and billions of dollars of federal money flooding in. So you've got this incredible inflation uh, and, 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 you know, easy money, which further crowds them. And so parents are desperate that their kids get into a decent school because you combine that with the whole ranking colleges craze and you've got to get into a top school. Otherwise, you're probably going to end up being a prostitute or something. But anyway, so you got all those things coming together. So there's a desperation to get good grades and get into a college. And so, yeah, the, the high schools are probably feeling this enormous pressure to n- don't ruin little Johnny's life. 
Don't run. You gave him a B. Now how's he going to get into, you know, state school A or Harvard? So they probably think, all right, F it. Here's an A for you, Johnny. Good luck. Now you're out of our hair. Wow. Interesting. I had no idea. That's my theorem. I had no idea. Or is that a theory or is it a postulate or a hypothesis? I don't know. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? A lot being made about this during the hour. Top Russian official says Trump and Putin might have had more undisclosed meetings at the G20 summit. They're dicking with us now, Marsh. And Elon Musk's Hyperloop high-speed transport plan could be up and running within four years. Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Kay. I've been reading about this. Do not mock Marshall. Within four years? I will, but you can't. (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Let's check the headlines with Marshall Phillips. Well, Russia's foreign minister is suggesting there may have been more undisclosed meetings between President Trump and Vladimir Putin. At this the old recent... Sergey Lavrov. Yes, it he is. is a troll. You're a troll, Sergey. Anyway, at the recent G20 summit, Lavrov interviewed by NBC News. We know about uh, President Putin and President Trump meeting three times at the G20. They, they met, obviously, for the bilateral. They met at the dinner. And they met well, maybe they, they went to a toilet together. That was a force. <laughs> they met also when they were photographed shaking hands. That's my question. Did they meet other times in the hallways? Were there other occasions when they met? When you are brought by your uh, parents to a kindergarten, do you mix with the people who are waiting in the same room to start going to a class classroom? It's the G20, though, not a kindergarten. Uh, well, but there is also a room where they get together before an event starts. They cannot arrive uh, uh, all at the same time in a bus. You know, I'm rarely jumping to the defense of Sergei Sergei Lavrov, but that journalist is an idiot. I don't know, maybe they went to the toilet together. Did they meet perhaps before or after? They, They were in a room, they were mixing, they were chatting with each other. What are you driving at? This well, gotten, it's Russia mania. It's gotten so crazy. Yeah, it's gotten so crazy. Yeah. At the same time, if there's a legitimate inquiry, let's inquire. And Russia is messing with the free countries' elections. They do it yeah. all the time, and we ought to get to the bottom of it. But as a as a cable news promotion, it's just gotten wildly out of control. So oh, I yeah. don't want to use up all your time, Marshall. I'll make this quick. So yeah. the New Republic, which is a left leaning politi- uh, publication. Um, and uh, and uh, and uh, an author's got a big cover story on the Trump Russia connections thing, and he lays it all out. Whether you know how much of this is true or not, I don't know. But this is the stuff I think Mueller's going to be investigating and looking into. And and he says that um, that he dug up the information that much of Trump's bailout when he was really in financial trouble in the eighties came from Russians. He has continued over the years to have many, many Russians buy, like, multiple places in his buildings right. to keep him afloat um, with their names hidden. And he was able to get that information and that they're going to be able to tie all this together in a financial interest that he he owes many Russian oligarchs going way, way, way back for bailing him out. Whether or not Mueller's going to find ties to that, I don't have any idea, but that's the direction that crowd thinks this is all going. Yeah, all right, interesting. Does now, that... Trump was in bad shape financially, yeah. and 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 find a found a way to rebound. Um, 
Well, yeah, I've known a handful of but, developers that go boom, then they sure. bust, then they boom again. Yeah. And I don't think they're all bailed out by the Russians. Uh, true. Um, the the thing that would be confusing to me. So, did the Russians? Are you are you trying to claim that the Russians thought Donald Trump would be president thirty years later? Well, right. That's ridiculous. So that's the confusing part. That. On the other hand, you know, if he is uh, being, if his leash is being yanked by Russia now because they happen to have bailed him out later, and that's just a hell of a lucky break for Sergey Lavrov and Putin and the gang, that's possible. But or he just knew enough people from all the years right. of dealing with Russians financially that they were meeting with Russians or handing off information or back and forth. What would be called? Because they were already buds. They were already friends going yeah. way back. Well, Trump's warning to Mueller about looking into the family finances. I thought that right. was interesting. And then all of a sudden, uh, we hear word, ah, oh, we're going to look into your background, Mueller. So, well, this is going to be interesting to see unfold. I don't know what the hell's going on on and, either end of it. And as many people pointed <laughs> yeah. out, once you get these investigations going, they, who where they end up, who knows? The Clinton thing was an investigation into the Whitewater right. land deal ended up with... Monica Lewinsky. Ah. And that's what got him in trouble. Cigars and letter openers and leaves of grass. It's a long way from there to there. Oh, Monica. So where this starts and ends up, who knows? Wow. Linda Tripp giving Monica Lewinsky love advice started with a highly suspect, you know, subdivision building deal. Correct. Plans for Tesla entrepreneur Elon Musk's Hyperloop super high-speed transit are moving right along on the East Coast. Musk says the Boring Company, which he founded, has preliminary approval now to build an underground Hyperloop between New York City and Washington, D.C., taking people between both cities in 29 minutes. I was reading about their successful test that happened a couple of months ago. Yep. Really interesting. Really exciting. That technology is surging forward, no pun intended. How, it, do, how do they not squash you at that rate of speed? How do your it innards, slows down slowly. How do your innards not end up It eases flattened? up to top speed, then it eases down again. So New York to... New York to Washington, D.C. In 29 minutes? Yes. But your liver ends up in Boston. <laughs> People in cargo will be in pods being transported up to 700 miles an hour. And Musk is is hoping to complete this project within four years. Good. Let Uh, him test it out uh, over on the East Coast. uh, Now, build a bullet train. Use the technology of the 1800s. (laughs) Except it's not a It's a regular train for like a third of it. It's kind of shaped like a bullet. Double down on the technology of 200 years ago. Um, 29. You can take it from a walnut grove outside of Merced to a wheat field outside of Oildale. I like trains. For $180. Right. (laughs) Um, If this gets going, it is going to revolutionize lots of stuff. I mean, more things than I can probably even imagine. If you could go that kind of distance in that amount of time, people... People wouldn't have to cluster around cities. They, who knows where how how society would get structured? Or you could you could live a long way away from where you work. Certainly. Oh yeah, get on the hyperloop and oh that'd be fabulous. I wonder what a ticket to on a hyperloop is going to cost. I don't know. Interested when uh, when those things start coming. I out. just don't understand how you don't end up squashed like a bug. All right. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. You're probably there at, at the Kitty Hawk Chuck and Rocks at the Wright Brothers, right. weren't you? Your innards are now a smoothie. I was yelling at Orville Wright. If we're supposed to fly, we'd have feathers, you idiot. 
I hope he spit on you from the sky. Luddite. What happened? I missed the first part of this story, though. What happened to the... Elon Musk was all about San Francisco to L.A. How did it end up on the East Coast now? He, he's been moving along faster in the East Coast, but he's, the plan for San Francisco to L.A. is still in play. Is it just because still California makes it impossible to do anything? Well, uh, impossible to do anything, and certainly impossible to supplant the uh, Crony Express, yes. oh, the yeah. Bull S train. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's no way you're going to get a permit to do anything. Sure, they're pushing back hard against right. that. Okay, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Turns out OJ, OJ even got along with his cellmate. CNN had one of OJ's former guards on the air today who gave some interesting specifics as to why OJ was such a model prisoner. His first cellmate was, correct me if I'm wrong, a six foot nine serial rapist who laid claim to something like a hundred rapes. Did they get along? Yeah, they got along. His first cellie told me that he raped over a hundred over a hundred women, and OJ and him got along great. That's nice. That's very. He's a people person. Wow! How did this enter the world of humor? Wow! That was all part of a comedy monologue on a late night talk show discussing the almost certainly double murderer. Being roommates with a guy who raped a hundred women based on their race. Wow. Was that guy study, stuttering? Did he mean white women or did he just stutter over the word women? Okay. It's like I couldn't tell. Women, but it, yeah, I get it. But that's that cringe, oh my God, shock laughter, I think. More than. <laughs> um, yeah, that's wild. Have you, one more reason not to be sent to prison. Have you checked out this new TV channel that's on now? I haven't checked it out yet. I want to. It's Buzzed? Buzz? Buzz? Oh, the classic game show yes, channel. Yes, yes. It looks oh, so what? awesome. Yes. All your classic game shows, uh, Match Game and... Uh, Give me uh, Press Your Luck, please. <laughs> no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop! <laughs> yeah, when Richard Dawson was running Family Feud yeah. and Match Kissing Game everything and... with a... <laughs> A set of, yeah, something, something. He was kissing a lot of people. Yeah. It looks good. Wayne Martindale. Yes, absolutely. Dick sure. Yeah, your various uh, dollar uh, figure pyramids through the years. There's Plenty. been a severe lack of skinny microphones in my life. This channel was exactly what I need. And who doesn't need to fix a Burt Convy now and then? Oh, the great Burt Convy. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to check out that channel. Um, there's a book out right now. we got to get the author on. Books are dead. Talk about YouTube videos. <laughs> Have you heard about this? The The title of it is The Bull Blank Club. No, The Chicken Blank Club. I'm uh-huh. sorry. The Chicken Blank Club. Get and, your blanks right. But it's actually printed out, which is, you know, an edgy way to get attention, or The Chicken Blank Club. What's it about? It is about James Comey. I'll be darned. There's that name again. He, he, well, I'm out of time. Son of a... That's why you got to talk about YouTube videos. You can describe them real quick. There's a cat playing a piano. <laughs> if I'd have shut up about Burt Convy, I could have talked about the Chicken Blank Club. Can you give us a 10-second summary? Yeah, it's about how only one person has gone to jail from the great financial meltdown. Ah. And uh, why that is. Ah. And it's pretty interesting. Now you're scratching the ranch. Yeah, we got to get that guy on. Keep f***ing that chicken. <laughs> one person went to jail. 
When all those people knowingly were ripping us off and broke the world's economy. I'm shaking my head in sad disgust. Yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Yeti Show. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 